I remember as a kid, the first time I'd go out on the pond in the winter and test if it was hard enough to ice skate on. Sometimes it wasn't. And sometimes I'll admit I'd make my younger brother test it first and watch him fall in and laugh and laugh. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. Hello and welcome back. I'm Rebecca Larson. In our previous episode, The Lucky Wife, Heather and I briefly discussed the Ice Age in association with fashion. This led me to dig a bit deeper to find some hidden nuggets about the little Ice Age to share with you. But before I get into that, I want to give a big shout out to Fern Jameson. Hi, Fern. You guys, Fern is 94 years old and loves the show. She especially enjoyed the part about Anna Cleves' funky toes in the last episode. And Fern, <laughs> I've been doing this a long time, nearly six years, and that's the best answer that anyone has ever given me to any question on the show. <laughs> I can always count on Heather to throw in a zinger and catch me off guard, so I'm glad you enjoyed that. Fern was turned on to the show by her granddaughter, Katie Ray, and I thought this is quite wonderful that she listens, and I wanted her to know that it means a lot to me and to the rest of the team. Katie Ray, thank you so much for sharing this great story with me, and Fern, thanks for listening too. All right, let's learn a little bit of background first about the Little Ice Age. So the dates definitely vary. But I think most agree that it lasted from the 14th century to the 19th century. And that from 1314 to 1317, the cooler temperatures damaged crops and led to failed harvests, which the consequences would be a great famine. Not only did the Thames freeze over, but many large rivers throughout Europe did as well, as did the Baltic Sea. So how did our plucky English folk during Tudor times deal with this? Well, in the Tudor period, they used the frozen Thames as a thoroughfare from one side of the river to the other. And records mention that Henry VIII and Jane Seymour crossed the Thames while it was frozen. However, there's speculation as to whether they physically crossed the Eistover River or whether they crossed over the frozen Thames, maybe by way of the London Bridge. 
Chronicler Charles Risley even mentions that due to the ice, the royal procession made their way through London by way of riding, as there were no boats able to use the river at this time. But there is nothing to say specifically that they rode horses over the ice. And really, Henry VIII was pretty aware of his mortality at this time, so I'm not so sure that he would want to take that risk. But an interesting side note, his daughter, Elizabeth I, in 1564, is said to have walked across the ice and even played archery on it. With religion and superstitions ruling the world, the medieval and early modern people really looked for signs in everything around them. You can imagine what they were thinking about a frozen river. Now at the beginning, I mentioned some hidden nuggets. These people who lived during this time saw divine providence through signals in the waters. These would alert them to imminent changes. An example? Well, on the 21st of April, 1659, two strange fish appeared in the Thames near the Tower of London. One had a head like a large black bull, having the perfect shape of his head and horns. Can you picture this? And the other was in the shape of a mermaid, whereby the creature had the head and chest of a perfect female form and the bottom in the form of a fish with many scales. As these creatures traveled down the Thames, caught in fragments of ice until they reached the ocean and were released by the river. Londoners took it as a sign that the recent dissolution of Parliament was approved by God. But we also have some signs during the Wars of the Roses. Evidently, a river in Bedfordshire stood still until the fighting had ceased and Henry Tudor had taken the throne. How much truth is in that? Mm, I, I wouldn't hold much to that. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And with the Thames freezing over 27 times from James VI I all the way up to George III, the frost fairs were created. Now, I thought this was really cool. The first frost fair occurred in 1608 in an effort to bring people together to distract them from the terrible weather and to lift their spirits. Now, traders were set up on the ice selling souvenirs, which could be customized with names and dates of the fair that the Londoners attended. By 1683, the Frost Fair had become quite the event. Writer John Evelyn described its popularity by saying that coaches piled from Westminster to Temple and from several other stairs to and fro, as in the streets, sled sliding and skeets, a bull baiting, horse and coach races, puppet plays and interludes, cooks, tippling and other lewd places. So it seemed to be a Bacchanalian triumph, or a carnival on the water. They even lit fires that sat within their tents, resting on top of the ice. Now, 
For those of us who live in cold weather climates, I think we can appreciate the effort that they put into this. I often complain that when our local Frost Festival, which actually is happening right now, uh, I often complain that they don't have enough fun activities for me to enjoy. Instead, they have things like a chili cook-off or a quilt contest. And I'm like, can we have a snowball fight or maybe something fun? (laughs) This sounds like it was actually a lot of fun and what a great distraction for everybody. But as you know, playing on the ice is not always safe, is it? I remember as a kid, the first time I'd go out on the pond in the winter and test if it was hard enough to ice skate on. Sometimes it wasn't. And sometimes I'll admit I'd make my younger brother test it first and watch him fall in and laugh and laugh. But then I'd also panic and get him home as quickly as possible. If he asked him now, he would surely tell you that was 100% the truth. But I loved that part of winter. I loved the playing on the ice part, so I can imagine how much Londoners enjoyed this ability to have some fun. But in fact, tragedy did occur at the Frost Fair. And in 1739, a large chunk of ice cracked and gave way, sending people, tents, and businesses into the Thames. You can imagine how that ended. Of course, the excessive cold, frozen rivers, and frost weren't all fun and games. It also caused food shortages, famine, and even an influenza outbreak. It put several trade-type jobs out of business, such as boatmen, bricklayers, carpenters, which meant that they weren't able to provide for their families, and they had to resort to begging through the streets and even through the frost fairs asking for help. And there are many times in English history where beggars could be jailed. Sadly, for the present-day Londoners, there has not been a frost fair since 1814. And the last time the Thames froze over was in January 1963. Thank you so much for joining me for this fun little supplemental episode to go along with the lucky wife, Anne of Cleves, This one was about the Little Ice Age and the Frost Fair, and I hope you really enjoyed the little nuggets I got to share with you today. If you're a fan of the show and you want to show your support, please consider becoming a patron on Patreon. You'll get some exclusive access, you'll get commercial-free content, and so much more. Just head over to Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash Tudor's Dynasty, or find it in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Rebecca Larson, and until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.